Welcome to Everything Nonprofit, a podcast where we reveal the secrets, tips, and tricks for leading a nonprofit. My name is Carmen. And I'm Kayla. As nonprofit founders, we know firsthand how challenging and overwhelming it can be to build a nonprofit from the ground up. This is a podcast for nonprofit executives by nonprofit executives. If you need advice on starting your own nonprofit organization, or looking to expand your knowledge of nonprofit operations, stay tuned. In this episode, we invited Lee Lambert to have a conversation with us. Since September 2021, Lee has been serving as the executive director at Cascade Bicycle Club and Washington Bike. Lee has had a long career in public service and nonprofit leadership prior to his current role with stints as executive director of City Year Seattle, King County, and the Washington STEM Network. Lee grew up in Tacoma, Washington, where he began exploring the region by bike. It has come full circle to pairing his professional and personal passion through his work. Lee's background helps him fulfill Cascade's mission of bringing people together to experience the joy of bicycling through transportation, recreation, and friendship. Welcome to the show, Lee. Thank you. Looking forward to our conversation. Lee, let's start off with you telling our listeners about yourself and your role at Cascade Bicycle Club. Well, I, like was mentioned, I was born in Tacoma, Washington. I'm a Washington native. I got a degree in political science early in my career and uh, worked for elected officials for a few years. And then I transitioned to the nonprofit sector where I really kind of found my footing in what I wanted to do in my professional life. And so I have had the privilege of working at four nonprofits. Uh, including Cascade Bicycle Club, and uh, have a happy family with a wife and two kids. That's great. Thanks, Lee. And it seems like, so you've been the director um, at various nonprofits in your life. Um, How has that experience shaped your management style? Yeah, and a little bit more on that. So, you know, I made a conscious decision to join nonprofits in 2006 as kind of a mid-level manager. And I was, was in my early 30s, and I was really looking for what does it look like to be have, have a career, and so in kind of learning about the nonprofit sector and understanding, oh, there's this whole management chain and leadership role. I had set a goal of becoming an executive director of a nonprofit that aligned with my mission, and so I've been really intentional in connecting with managers that I've had and leaders I've had and observing their leadership styles. And I think what has Things I've learned along the way in the positive factor is really when you're leading a man, leading any organization, but particularly a nonprofit, center people first. Happy to expand on that a little more about manage about what that looks like. But I think the one of the things that can be true in the history of the nonprofit sector is sometimes there is a a leaning on people, almost sometimes exploiting them in their in the way they're working and relative to compensation and the work because it's for the cause. And I think that leads to burnout. And so we can kind of center the folks who are doing frontline work in nonprofits and ensuring that they are have a good, healthy work-life balance and are compensated at a fair, a fair level for their work and effort. You're, you're more likely to achieve the goals of your mission and serve your um, population you're trying to serve. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I wonder if you can speak a little bit to, um, you know, being, being in the nonprofit sector, obviously resources, including 
putting money to pay people can sometimes be limited. So how are you balancing that, making sure that you're properly and fairly compensating people and giving them a good work-life balance? You know, I, w- I would love to give credit to whoever told me this, but it really stuck with me that nonprofit is a tax status, not a business plan. And so it's really, when you think about achieving your mission and supporting your folks, you have to struggle with the question, are we going to serve as many people as possible at the expense of our employees and the people who have uh, de- dedicated their life to the mission of work, or are we going to serve fewer people better and not exploit the people who work for us? So people choose nonprofit as a career and shouldn't have to take a vow of poverty or have a partner who has a income that subsidizes their lifestyle. That's great. We We haven't heard that one before, so thanks. And I also, I wonder, did you go into political science knowing that you wanted to be in the nonprofit sphere? No, I think, you know, a little bit about my background. I grew up in kind of what people would call an economically challenged household. So um, we were, uh, you know, definitely a paycheck to paycheck house. And then uh, my mom was widowed uh, when I was in high school. So uh, my career exposure was somewhat limited. I didn't know the job of executive director existed, but I did, I was fortunate enough to get involved in politics at a young age. And so I um, worked for elected officials in high school and I saw people who were working in professional roles in the political spectrum. And uh, <clears throat> that led me to choose my political science degree. And so the first decade of my career, I worked for elected officials. And it's during that time when I learned about you know, organizational structures and the difference between a for-profit, a government, and a nonprofit uh, entity. And then so when in my time, when I decided I wanted to be done working for elected officials, uh, I looked for a job in a sector that aligned with my values. And it so happened that my first nonprofit job was in a college access organization that actually served the community I grew up in. And so I had a a connection to their work from being the first in my family to go to college and also understanding uh, the community in which they were working. All right, great, thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Lee. Past experiences can absolutely allow us to learn more about ourselves. And if you were to look back in your career in retrospective, what would you say was the most important lesson learned and which you have known prior to running a nonprofit? Well, I think, I think there's two different questions. So I think the most important lesson learned just in general career advice, and this is advice I have given to 16-year-olds or mid-career professionals or people kind of having a crisis of what are they doing because they decide they don't like their current job is have a goal. Know what your you want your life to look like, not necessarily the job you're going to do, but what do you want to be true in your life when it comes to work-life balance? What do you enjoy? What material things do you want or not want? And that's, you know, in the distance. So when life provides you a decision of, should I take this job? Should I make this move? You can ask yourself, you can hold it up against that long-term goal that you have. Is this moving me closer or is this moving me further away? If you've ever been in a sailboat sailing of wind, you can sail in the wind, but sometimes you have to sail slightly against the direction you want to go. You're making progress, but you're going to you're gonna make a couple tacks to get there. But if, as long as you know where you want to go in your career, it'll help you make those choices. Because otherwise, you know, particularly folks who come from families and have as much choice in what types of roles their, their parents had, people, their, their career can just happen to them. And I had a boss when I was looking for my, working in politics, when I was thinking my next job, really, I asked him for help and he said, what do you want to do? And he gave me that 10-year goal and I didn't know. And he came back to me and said, well, 
I'll give you six months to figure it out. I can't really help you until you know what you want to do, and then we can make a plan. And so that's the thing I wish I had known. They give a career advice. I think when it comes to joining the nonprofit sector, they, what I didn't understand earlier in my career is the number of paths in which you can work in the sector. And I've worked with people who were great graphic designers who found their fulfillment in working in a nonprofit and achieving their mission through graphic design, even if that wasn't the primary role of the, the organization. And then, you know, additionally, and I'll keep on coming back to this, being picky on where I worked, I got lucky. My first two nonprofits had a compensation philosophy similar to more similar to for-profit. And so I, I happened to find a place that, that treated its employees well. And I had peers and colleagues who have worked at places that weren't as fortunate and so ended up economically struggling. And so like there's this tension that happens in the nonprofit sector. Uh, we have a, we've had a great big social justice awakening in the U.S. as it relates to we want to be anti-racist organizations and we want to serve communities that lift up black and brown voices. Oftentimes our frontline workers, our lowest paid workers are in nonprofits or people of color, particularly in the service-based nonprofits. And so there's this distance between organizations saying they want to be anti-racist and then perpetuating generational poverty by not compensating their employees well enough. And they're doing that in service of chasing foundation dollars or funder dollars and over-promising what they can do on the backs of their frontline employees. So what would you say, what is the advice that someone hoping to get into the nonprofit realm can take from that? Don't undervalue yourself. That's a beautiful little soundbite. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers. Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers helps impactful non-for-profit organizations achieve their objectives by connecting them with skillful project managers who can aid them in crystallizing their visions, leading project teams, and deconstructing their goals into achievable milestones. This service is absolutely free and can help your nonprofit organization get the extra help it needs so that you can spend more time making a difference in the world and less time on administration. Visit pm-volunteers.org to request the assistance of a project manager 100% free of charge. No gimmicks, no catches, just one nonprofit helping another. Now that we have learned more about you, Lee, um, I want to shift our focus to understanding about your organization, Kuski Bicycle Club. For our listeners who aren't familiar with it, can you give us a summary of what it is and the work that it entails? Yeah, Cascade Bicycle Club and Washington Bikes. Uh, we, there are actually two nonprofits. One's a 501c3 Cascade Bicycle Club and Washington Bikes is a 501c4, which enables to do political advocacy work. Our the largest um, bike club, regional bike club in America. And we have three lines of work. We do advocacy work, so we advocate for safe bicycle infrastructure and safe bicycle policies in Washington state. We do educational work, so we provide uh, education for youth in Seattle public schools relates to bike safety, and we have an after school program that focuses on serving black and brown youth. Uh, That's in King County and Pierce County. And then we have adult education, so people who want to learn how to ride or learn bike maintenance so they can be continued to work. We have, that's part of our education work as well. 
Additionally, we have uh, uh, group rides. We have both free group rides every day of the week. We have volunteers who lead uh, group rides around the state. And so if you want to go for a bike ride with a group, you can sign up on our website. And then we have paid rides, which our marquee ride is the Seattle to Portland bike ride, which is in its 52nd year this year. Sorry, no, 42nd year this year. COVID <laughs> had its missed couple, yeah, a couple years and is a a kind of a, a what we call a bike it list event for a number of people it, <laughs> around the country. We have up to 10,000 people ride this two-day, 208-mile uh, ride between Seattle and Portland every July. That sounds like it is logistically challenging. We have a wonderful set of volunteers and we engage a number of community partners throughout the years who help make it an enjoyable experience. And also we try to make it a benefit for the communities we pass through. If you're a small town having 10,000 people ride through, you'd like to see some benefit. So we have rotary clubs and booster clubs that do rest stops for us along the way um, to help support that event. Oh, that's great. It's like you're providing community along with this fun activity for, for individuals. That's great. Yes, it's a, it's a, people describe it as a rolling party. And I want to stress it is a ride, not a race. So yeah. we have people who, you know, I've seen, you know, parents towing their toddlers on trailers and I've seen octogenarians um, do this ride. Mm. Got it. That sounds like a lot of fun. So Cascade is actually our first client at Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers. And we're really very grateful and thankful for the trust and the opportunity that you've given us. And with that being said, we'd like to ask you, um, how crucial do you think project management is to nonprofits and, and to yours, Cascade Bicycle Club specifically? Well, I think as an executive, I think everything is a project manager. We try to, you know, we set it from, from the budget to our program level work um, to individual bite-side pieces of work, whether it's redesigning a website or thinking about a database management system. Uh, project management is an important skill. I think of this, you know, I have a 16-year-old son who uh, gets the benefit of me helping him think about how he manages his school, school projects in a way so we're not doing them on Sunday afternoon the day before they're due, <laughs> but broken up over time. And that is really a professional skill that translates to, I think, of every part of my, at least my professional life of how do you break up large tasks into small bites so that you can delegate. And then particularly in working with your organization, when an organization like Cascade, which is a medium-sized nonprofit, we have a budget of about $5 million this year, um, there are many much larger than us, but many much smaller than us. If we don't have a particular expertise or need a little surge capacity, if you can scope a project out well, you can go find a partner that will help you complete that project to advance your mission. Again, it's a way of not, you'll see a thing here, not burning out staff. So glad to hear that we're able to play a small but mighty part in another nonprofit. For Cascade, it's the largest statewide bicycling nonprofit with over 9,000 members. Besides project management, what were some of the major factors it has been able to leverage to grow and expand? Well, you know, I'm relatively new to Cascade, but I, you know, studied them before I joined the organization. And, you know, in the early 2000s, it was a much smaller organization. It was focused mainly on the rides. And there was a, a leader who realized that they could leverage those rides in order to really increase their advocacy work and improve infrastructure making um, biking 
simple, safe, and connected in Seattle. And so what grew our membership is one, a connection to being a member is not just getting a discount on a ride or early registration, but connecting to a larger mission and vision, and then engaging our members in work, our advocacy work, where they could see real change in the city. We've expanded that out to our education work, where we have volunteers come in, our members come in for our education program. Just today, we had a young woman come in to help build bikes for our education program, and that's a way of engaging people with their skill set uh, to advance the mission of the organization that they have connection to. I think, you know, like many organizations, COVID did a number on us. And so yeah. uh, we, what we're looking to do now is really get our staff and our service area back to what it was in 2019. And that's, you know, it will take some time as we, you know, recover and re-engage donors and corporate partners who, because of COVID and all the protocols around getting together, really had to disengage from some of our work. How did your nonprofit weather that storm? I think the first major factor, I want to give credit to my predecessor. He actually had planned on leaving, but he left in March of 2020. He had announced that beforehand, but in his time here, he really worked on getting the organization financially in order. He was, he came from the business, the corporate sector, which is not always a recipe for success, but in his case it was, and he helped build up our reserves. Um, so when COVID hit, there was enough runway to keep the organization going while we figured out what we we're going to do. And the federal government stepped in with a couple of PPP loans, which helped us weather the COVID storm. And uh, we're just coming out of that and excited to have a full year of paid rides, as well as a full year of ways to engage our corporate partners and our longtime donors. So the takeaway from that is if you can try to have a, a little bit of cushion under your, your nonprofit organization? I would say if you can't build up a cushion on regular operations, you're probably doing too much and, mm. and figure out how to do less so that you can be a going concern. You know, running a nonprofit is similar to running your household. And you know, there have been times in my life when it's been paycheck to paycheck. And then I have to look and see, am I doing too much personally? Do I need to do less? <laughs> do I need to not you spend as much money so I can have a little bit of a cushion? And you know, running a nonprofit is no different. If you're running programming beyond your means, do less programming so you can be a going concern and, and serve your clients well, whether they're students or homeless or bicycle advocates. <laughs> that is will be less stress on as an organizational leader and less stress on your staff. Great advice. Now, as you probably know, this podcast is for nonprofit executives or for those that are looking to break into the realm of nonprofit leadership. For those individuals, is there anything else that you'd like to share that we haven't asked you? Yeah, I think when it comes to getting to nonprofit leadership, a couple key pieces. I think number one is I had a boss that paired me with some mentors. They, uh, she knew what I wanted to do professionally, and she actively invested in my professional future and making sure I was connected with people who were farther down the road. And I really picked up that skill and began to actively recruit mentors and professional advocates who would invest in me and my growth. Be clear on your goals and what you want to do. If you want to be a a fundraiser, a development director, lean into that path. If you want to be executive director, lean into that path. And then I specifically went and got a master's in nonprofit leadership. Not everyone can use to do that, but there is a skill in running an organization that is learned. 
and you can either learn on the job, sometimes through um, some painful <laughs> uh, missteps, and some and, and you can sometimes you can learn uh, by going to school. And so I went and got a master's in doing that work. And then when when I was in executive level, my organization that I worked at time invested in me and got me an executive coach. And this is one of the best kept secrets in the nonprofit realm. My friends in the public sector, our private sector, when they get a promotion, the director on the title, part of the job offer is, here's a coach to help you learn how to do this job. And I, you know, that was some of the best uh, professional development money, I think, or the organization could have spent on me. And it kept me at the organization for longer than I probably otherwise would have been. That's great to hear. Wonderful to see so many mentors helped you on the way. Lastly, to wrap this episode up, where can our listeners find you and your organization? You can find us at our website at cascade.org. We are on Twitter and on Instagram and Cascade Bicycle Club. And we're relatively easy to find. And uh, we have lots of resources, whether you're in Washington State or not, as relates to uh, learning how to bike or what's to do with e-bikes or, you know, who, who, who bikes and how. <laughs> we'll make sure to put those in our show notes. Well, Lee, it's been a pleasure to get to know you and your work for your nonprofits. Um, you've given us a lot of invaluable tips for sure, and a lot of great advice to accelerating a career in the nonprofit sphere, um, which reminds Carbon and myself that we definitely have more to learn and experiment with as co-founders ourselves. So thank you for your time, and we're looking forward to further collaborating with your organization. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Everything Nonprofit. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. Thank you for listening. Until next time.